0: As it relates to to sexual immorality, which is is big everywhere around the world, it's actually um, a, a gift that God has given that we have naturally as people that we're not using in the right way, um, and and it's hard. The reality is, it's hard for the single person or the single woman or the single man out there that has all of these natural desires that are that are God-given, that are great desires because God has given them to you. Um, the goal, biblically, to abstain into your marriage because that is the union that God has, has uh, designed um, sex for uh, is a hard thing. Uh, but the reality is, is that we have to get out of feeling like and thinking that we own ourselves. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit and that you have been bought with a price. Basically, it's telling you that you don't own you. I know you have your feelings, your thoughts, your perspective, um, whether it's career, whether it's sexuality, whether it's a a plan, all of those different things. But it's really um, handing over and submitting all of those things to God and recognizing that if I dive into my purposes that God has for me, that I can be so full of what God has for my life and the purposes that he has for my life that it's easier for me to not focus on the feelings that I have in my life. Our job is to be a manager and not an owner. We're supposed to manage our careers. We're supposed to manage our family. We're supposed to manage our finances. We're supposed to manage our sexuality, and we're supposed to put all of those things under God. So it's really a conversation about stewardship. How am I stewarding not only my finances, my, my children, my career, but how am I stewarding my sexuality? Because God owns that too. And if I step outside of the stewardship of uh, of God as owner, then I put myself at risk of what comes from me as owner, and that's that's uh, Romans one. Romans one is is kind of the harshest wrath of God, where He gives you over to yourself. He lets you be you, and when He lets you be you, and you. Uh, because you want to be the owner so bad, and you want to take full responsibility for the decisions you make based on your feelings, based on your happiness, based on your sexuality, based on your finances, whatever it is under the umbrella of stewardship, then he gives you over to your ownership. And um, and a lot of times that and we realize we're not as good of an owner as he is. Okay, And so really when it comes to sexuality, it comes to the conversation of stewardship. And how am I stewarding my feelings, my sexuality, um, and my um, ability um, to wait on what God has called for my life? Um, How am I stewarding that? Am I letting God be the owner or am I trying to be the owner? And if I am, then I'm at risk to my ownership. And I think that's what we have to think about. We have all of these broken situations, but those broken situations don't come because we're allowing God to own. Those broken situations come anytime we're trying to own. And anytime we're saying, this is what I want for my life right here, right now, even when it comes to sexuality. And so a lot of the single parenting, a lot of the, um, you know, the sexually transmitted diseases have, have run rapid that weren't here 30 years ago. And all of a sudden, all of this stuff is showing up. It's because God is saying, okay, you want to own, I'll let you see how that works itself out. And, uh, and I've learned through my life that letting God be the owner and me being the manager in every area of life is how you have success, because he doesn't make mistakes. Pornography is, a, is another big one. Um, and again, when you talk about the accessibility of pornography. I've I've done um, school rallies where they asked me to come in and speak specifically on uh, pornography starting in fifth and sixth grade, starting in seventh and eighth grade. I have to sit down with these kids in auditoriums and they're uh, sneaking off with their their iPhones, which to me, they have them a little bit too early, but they have their iPhones. They have Safari on their iPhones. They have full LTE, uh, internet access on their iPhones. And at a push of a button, they can look at whatever they want. And so the access um, to pornography is huge and obviously it's going to be one of the biggest industries because you're pulling on what's, what's natural to a person to distort it, to, um, to make money off of it and to, to build an empire off of it and it becomes another addiction. And so now it teaches you men how to deal with women in the wrong way. It teaches women what they should expect from men in the wrong way. And so it helps contribute to the family disaster that we have uh, in America now because people come into it with these expectations that were built not from God's world but from a pornographic world uh, uh, that was not a, a part of God's plan, bringing other people into the context of sex that God has built. And so it's become an epidemic Um, in our culture. But really, in order for parents to try to help our kids understand that is, first of all, we have to be the ones that are having these conversations with our kids. A lot too many times the kids are finding out through their friends or through their school or through social media. And then once they get introduced to it, they want to hide it from their parents instead of their parents not introducing them to pornography, but helping them know that it's there. These are the things that are out there. These are the, the This is the chaos. This is what God thinks about it. This is God's perspective on it. This is what God thinks about sex. This is Sex is supposed to be in a marriage. Here's why. Having these conversations, a lot of men, uh, especially since I'm a man, I can talk about, we run away from that conversation. We don't want to have it. We don't want to do it. We don't want to be a part of it. But we're supposed to take the lead in it in helping our kids understand uh, what it is. Otherwise, they have access to get that information anyway, a lot of other ways. And when they get it, it will not be biblical. Um, this is one of the main vehicles that the enemy uses to tear apart God's design, which is sex as a whole, but specifically uh, pornography in our country. But I would encourage parents to do what I'm about to have to do here in a second. My oldest is 10 Um But me and my wife have already started talking about marriage and and husband and wife and using different situations that are outside of us to see. Will you see that Um, the reason why it's so hard is because the way it was done, God, when God speaks, he's not lying. He's telling the truth. And it's up to you to obey him and understand that he has the best for your life in mind because he's the one who created your life. And he has the design for it. So we're already starting the process and then we ramp up on the reality of, of what things are in the world. And so I think that that's important is for, for, the, for parents to be on the front line. And if we're not on the front line, then we'll always stay in the back. Jesus overall, God, he has a whole another standard, a whole, nother, a whole nother standard of righteousness um, that he's calling us to. Um, He even says, you know, Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount is perfect righteousness. It's basically about perfect righteousness. If you don't have the righteousness of the Pharisees, you're still, you know, unworthy. And their whole thing was about trying to be perfect, okay? So he was talking about perfect righteousness. And the question is, how do you live up to that standard? Well, first, it comes with accepting the standard of who God is. The only person who's ever been able to live up to the standard of God is God himself through the person of Jesus Christ. And so he was able to do it. And so that's why we as Christians accept Jesus Christ in our life is because he's he's the uh, he's the propitiation for our sins. Okay, he's the one who satisfied God's standard, which is a very high standard. But not only do I want to satisfy him spiritually, I want to satisfy him on earth in history in the way that I live my life. And ultimately, it boils down with the greatest commandment, loving him how much you love Jesus will be displayed in how you live for him. It will be displayed in your choices on stewardship. It'll be displayed in your choices in your marriage. It'll be displayed in your choices with your children. Um, It'll be displayed in your choices with your career. Uh, There's a lot of things we want to do, and God is calling us like we talked about. Um, it'll It'll be displayed. And so when it comes to Lust, when it comes to adultery, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to pornography, all of those still fall under how am I stewarding my feelings? How am I stewarding um, um, some of the natural things I have going on in me? How am I stewarding with my love for God? And do I love it more than I love God? Yeah, I've met the standard for heaven, but the question is, am I loving Him on earth? And so, Uh, You know, I tell people I don't give them a a book of rules because like we talked about and like I've said before, rules without relationship, you're still going to have a problem. And that's what the Pharisees had. They had a bunch of rules, but they didn't have any relationship and they were still having a problem with Jesus. Okay. And so the important thing is not just to give a list of rules to your kid, but give give relationship to your kid, both with you and with Jesus Christ through you so that they can build a love relationship with righteousness. And when you build a love relationship with righteousness, and you see the fruit and the benefit that comes with righteousness, you're more apt to choose righteousness, but not based on rules. Uh, the law was given just as a mirror to show you how bad you are. I mean, when I see, when I see um, drive 70 on the highway, that means 75 to me. I mean, that means 80. Oh, what it does is it just conjures up in me a nature that I already have just showing me the law. It shows me, uh, how bad I am, how often I break the law. Uh, but you give me, um, a, a relationship. You give me, um, someone that I love. Um, then I'm more apt to obey those rules without even knowing it. There was a, a woman one day who was in a broken relationship and uh, she wasn't married, but she was in a relationship, and this man had all these rules, and she hated it. She ended up ending the relationship. He was always saying, do this, do that, do this, do that. And he was, it was a relationship built on rules, and she hated the relationship because of that. Then she ended up getting married to another man. And uh, one day she was looking through some things in her uh, basement, and she found um, a list of rules that was given to her by her previous relationship that she hated. And she laughed because now she realized that she was doing all of those things in this new relationship and she didn't even know it because this this new relationship was built on love, not just based on rules. And what we do as parents, a lot of times it's, it's easy for us to throw in a bunch of rules and a list, but without a solid foundation on relationship and a solid, pure love for Christ that's not built on rules, you'll realize that they will want to buck the system just because there is a system. But if they have a relationship of love, then they'll follow the system and not even know they're doing it. With what I've learned just as a parent, um, we talked about, and I've talked about a lot, you know, speaking life. And so for parents, it starts It starts with you. Um, it starts with you as an individual, okay? And then it moves to the family. Psalm 128 says, "'Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in His ways.'" And so you're blessed when you fear God. That doesn't mean you're scared of him, but it does mean you take God seriously. And when you start taking God seriously, well, how would I know that I take God seriously? Simple. You walk in his ways. And that permeates itself down to your family. It starts with these individuals because our broken families come from broken relationships, from broken people who refuse to take God more seriously than they take themselves, their careers, their finances, or their feelings of happiness. And so if we can get parents to start there with how serious do I take God and does that permeate itself through how I live my life? And if not, then we need to change that um, by being connected to community. Iron sharpens iron. So one man or woman sharpens another being connected to community so that I can continue to grow in me. Taking God seriously because that filters itself through to the family. Psalms one twenty eight goes on to talk about the family, then it talks about the church, then it talks about the well being of the city and the whole nation. And it goes through this 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 funnel, if you will, of getting to the nation. But you can't talk about the nation till you talk about the city. Can't talk about the city till you talk about the church. You can't talk about the church till you talk about the family, and you can't talk about the family till you talk about you. My dad told me that. To have a good family, you got to have a good you, and to have a good you, it starts with a good God that you give yourself to, not just some areas of life, but all areas of life, and let that work itself out.
1: God is love, and love comes from God. In 1 John, the Bible tells us that God is not only all loving, but that He actually is love itself. The heart of the Parent Compass television show is to bring the transforming love of God to families everywhere. In every Parent Compass episode, true stories reveal family struggles and how their lives were radically changed by the love of God. Parent Compass, an award-winning television series, is completely funded by people like you. If you have been touched by God and you want to share God's love to others, would you please pass it on? Jesus tells us to go into all the world and to tell about Him. With your donation, you allow us to take this television show into many different nations, in in many different languages, free of charge. And a portion of your donation goes to Parent Compass Outreach to feed starving children. Your gift does so much. To make your tax-deductible gift, go to parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. That's parentcompass.tv forward slash donate. And thank you for sending love and hope around the world.